0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back, folks. It's another Thursday, and we have plenty to talk about because there's some new Chiefs out there that are going to make some impact. We have old friend Seth Kaiser back on the show, and we're going to talk exactly about some of those guys. How are you, bud? I'm doing really well. It's good to talk to you guys. How are you doing? Doing great. We're hanging in. I'm still trying to sleep. You know, that draft kind of wore me out.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually, and this is a terrible thing to say considering what I do, I did not watch the last, like, three rounds. I kept up on Twitter, you know, but at a certain point, you're just like, eh, this has gotten to be a bit much. Plus, I had a wedding that I had to go to, and it just, it drags (laughs) a little too
1: long for me. Right in the middle of the day. Yeah, that's a good excuse.
0: Right. It just drags a little too long for me because you guys know me. I The problem with watching the draft, everyone watches the draft to see if their guys will get taken, right? But if they don't, then you just end up angry the whole time. <laughs> Why did they take that guy when they could have <laughs> taken this guy? And for me, it's like, no, I would just as soon just hear about the players and then judge them on their own merits. Like, I don't want to know who they could have taken instead of... uh you know, Dorian O'Daniel, right? I just want to watch Dorian O'Daniel fly around the field and hit people and be like, huh, well, that's
1: interesting. Well, well I can get that. After all the talk about who to take, it does let you just kind of relax and look at what that person's going to bring to the team. Exactly.
2: You know, one thing that I really like about uh, the early part of the drafts is at least for the first three or four rounds, they will actually do like some video and they'll talk about the prospects. But you get into rounds five, six, and seven, you're not going to see that for every single one. Uh, mm-hmm. even, you may get it on some, but you're not going to get it on all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hit and
0: miss. So to me, the value is in, is in the first four rounds. It, it is. And, from I mean, really, let's be honest. You know, they made a big deal about, uh, about Ozzy's last draft for the Ravens, right? And he's kind of known as like a draft legend. At least he was for a while. If you even look at his years where he was considered like the best drafter, there's still tons of misses there. The draft is so much more of a crapshoot than we want to believe. It's so much like, yeah, I mean, you remember when when Glenn Dorsey fell to the 5th pick and like I was ecstatic. Were you really? I was I thought Glenn Dorsey was going to be a monster and unfortunately for him, I mean, he he maintained his strength, but he just never got that explosiveness back that he had at LSU. You know, and, and so, I mean, like, you think, you know, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, in the meantime, you know, although I I was going to say Travis Kelsey would be a surprise. But anyone who watched his tape had to have been like, oh, this dude's going to be good. So he's a bad <laughs> example.
1: <laughs> I'll have to pull the video. I, I have video. My kids were really little. It was, it was, Glenn Dorsey pick was one of the first years they watched, And they've watched every first round pick the Chiefs have taken since they've been alive. And you can just see us all. They're looking at me. I'm looking at the TV. You see my face just kind of go, oh, that's the guy you decided to take? (laughs) Who were you after? (laughs) I don't even recall anymore. I just remember being disappointed.
2: (laughs) Sure. Okay, so you have that. You have that. And then last year... I have my daughter, who's probably watched the last three or four first rounds with me, Mm -hmm.
0: and she told me I scared her. I got so excited about the Patrick Mahomes
2: pickup,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I lost my mind. One of my life's great regrets. One of my life's great regrets is that I was not recording myself. And now, to be fair, as far as regrets go, I don't really regret a lot of the last decade or so of my life. So I mean, this is this is like one of my great regrets (laughs) since meeting my wife is that I did not have her. Record me because I mean, I lost my mind. I mean, this was my dude. This is like, I haven't been that excited since Derek Johnson fell to the Chiefs because everyone knew they were drafting Eric Berry, right? Like, I was thrilled with the pick, but everyone knew that was the guy. Whereas Derek Johnson, I didn't think the Chiefs would have a chance for him. And so when he dropped, I was like, yes. And I mean, seriously, so good. And so, yes, the draft delivers some good moments, but this was more of a.
2: Didn't the Panthers take. <laughs> Didn't the Panthers take uh, Thomas Davis the pick before?
0: I thought. I think it was Sean Merriman. I think the Chargers took Merriman the pick before.
2: Or oh, some- I, th- I thought the Panthers took Thomas Davis a couple picks before, Davis. maybe
0: the pick before. I think he was around that time, too. That was a good linebacker draft. Sheesh. Um,
2: well, I just remember thinking that I wanted Derek Johnson as a chief and thinking that Carolina was going to take him, and then they took Thomas Davis and it was exact.
0: You're like ha ha so, suckers. Although I mean, he turned out very very good in his own right too. Yeah. Um, yes, but it's not Derek Johnson. No, no, he's he's no DJ. But yeah, the draft. No, it's good stuff. Although this draft was uh, it was a not super exciting draft. I think for Chiefs fans.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. But you know what? Hold on. B- before we get into this draft, yeah. Um, I think there's something we should talk about that's going on with you. Do you want to tell us what's what's new? I don't, I don't understand, Ryan. I don't, I don't, uh, you, you're, you're
0: asking me personal questions. This is just getting to be a little bit too much. I, uh,
1: (laughs) you need to come clean. Now wait a second.
2: Since when does Seth not like to talk?
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a solid point. Especially about me. It's my favorite (laughs) world. Um, well, yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing, you know, it's out of the bag now. Um, um, after, Seven years of contributing at Arrowhead Pride. Seven great years. Um, I I received an offer from The Athletic to come work for them with their expansion into Chiefs football, and I accepted. So I'm going to be starting work there with them very, 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 very soon. In fact, my goal is to start churning out articles within a week. I want to get back to the war on box score analysis and all that stuff. I'm going to be doing the exact same stuff that I did for Arrowhead Pride. Um, with an emphasis on film review, obviously, which is what I've really, basically, all I've been doing for the last couple of years. Right. Uh, my my goal is to churn out at least two articles a week, but odds are I'll probably probably end up writing more than that. <laughs> you guys know the drill. <laughs> um, and so I'm I'm after, very after excited. After a game, you have
3: like
2: two articles to write. Yes. After a game, you have like two articles to write, regardless of what happened.
0: So yes yes <laughs> and so I, I'm really 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 excited uh, it's gonna be really cool to to do the stuff that I do on a different platform uh, I, I'm gonna be doing all the same type stuff you know I still plan on doing a quarterback film review after every game my goal because I mean I, people who don't know what the athletic is I think most people who listen to your podcast probably do they are they they're, they're a sports coverage site that's been doing a lot of really interesting things, you know, for Royals fans, you know, they they snagged Rust and Dodd from the star. I mean, they've been hiring a lot of great people present, you know, company accepted naturally. They just hired me. I'm not sure where their head was at with that one, but you know, it's a, it's a subscription based site, but you know, it's a real low level subscription. Like the base is like seven 99 and then you, there's always deals going on and stuff. But the idea is we want to cover sports better than anyone else. We want to have stuff that you cannot get anywhere else. And that's always been, I've talked to you guys about this before with what I do. My goal is always to write stuff that you cannot get anywhere else. You know, the 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 in-depth reviews on quarterbacks and offensive linemen, defensive linemen, corners, receivers. I'd like to think that you can't get that anywhere else. And so my goal is to just provide stuff that is so good that you need to give us your money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the goal. I want to provide stuff that's so good that people love having a subscription to the Athletic. And I think they will. I'm really excited I've met I've met a couple of the guys they've got, you know Nate Taylor is the guy they're going to have doing the Chiefs beat reporting. He's a local guy from Kansas City. Uh he did NBA reporting for years and now he's back home and he is just psyched to be covering his hometown team. And I'm psyched, guys. This is like I mean, I started off commenting on Arrowhead Pride, you know, like 8 or 9 years ago. Right.
1: As we and all did, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, just writing comments and being a member and doing all that stuff and and now the Athletic uh, they've just been taken over and the idea that I could go and start doing this is just the coolest thing. This is this is the dream. You know what I mean? This is this is the chance to to work covering the Chiefs. That's awesome. And I'm just I'm super excited for it. I'm super excited. Well, let us be the first to say congratulations. Hey, thank you very much. And uh Yes,
2: congratulations, buddy. It's well
0: deserved. Well, I I appreciate, you know, you guys have been awesome in letting me spread the word and stuff and and so just uh, you know, I I one good thing is hopefully it'll allow me to to be on here with you guys a little more often and uh you know, it, I'm just excited for this next step. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I have to assume one of your first topics is going to be Breland Speaks, right? Uh, I already wrote about
0: him for Arrowhead Pride. I, I, here's you know I'm such I'm so obsessive that I already wrote an article on him and Derek Nottie. So those two guys have been covered. The rest of my draft pick film reviews are going to be on the Athletic.
1: All right, cool. Well, let's go over real quick. Actually, yeah. folks, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, let's let's talk about what you saw with Speaks, and then we'll look at the rest of the draft too. So we're back, and, and you said you already put one up. I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, g- give us the lowdown. What's your take? Because I know I had an <laughs> yeah. interesting reaction.
0: You know, Breland speaks. Um, he is, after reviewing his film, he's not a guy I would have traded up to grab in the second round. Um, but he's not terrible either. Uh, he, he's an interesting guy to watch. He has some skills. He's got strong hands, real strong hands, good upper body strength, uh, violent hands you might even call it, and he's got kind of that easy, natural Justin Houston kind of strength where he can kind of mm-hmm. brush guys off and move them aside without uh, without looking like he's trying. You know what I mean? Uh, that's definitely a huge plus with him. Now, the disadvantage with him, in my opinion, is yeah, he's got that aspect of Justin Houston, but not... Houston's freakish athleticism like he moves well for a big guy right he's like weighing in at 285 or so he moves well for that size Ole Miss like had him as an off ball linebacker sometimes I don't know what they were thinking but <laughs> he, he looks he looks okay Um, he doesn't he didn't dominate at the college level the way I'd like to see he does show some ability rushing the passer um, he definitely, he shows decent awareness. He, he's, you know, like Brett, like Brett Veach said, he keeps on his feet. He, he's got some athleticism and he's got some strength and he's got like, he's more polished than, than Passanio was when we drafted him. Right. And so I, I actually like this pick better than I like the Passanio pick. However, I don't feel like the ceiling is as high.
1: I happen to agree with you, and I just wonder if it's really going to work out that he can play as a stand-up outside linebacker because I I tend to doubt it from what I've seen.
0: Right. The one thing I would say with him is the difference between him and Passigno body-wise is Breland looks like he could drop 10 pounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He looks like he has some, maybe some potentially bad weight on him. And again, he moved around. Well. I could see him dropping ten pounds with Passignol. There's no way it's going to happen. I, he just—he's like four percent body fat. He's more likely to
2: gain weight. Yeah, he's more likely to gain weight than lose yeah. it.
0: Exactly, and that's why the outside linebacker thing for him now. But he's more of a freak athlete than Speaks is, and so I could see it. It's kind of an interesting thing. Like two years in a row, they go with these huge guys to put on the edge. And maybe that's the future of the NFL to where your nickel formations are a little stronger against the run. I don't know. I th- I see him as a guy who will contribute more in year one than Passigno did. But I'm just, I personally would prefer him to line up more as like an inside guy on nickel sets because I think that's where he was at his best.
2: But don't you also think, and this is something we talked about with Matt Derrick, I don't know if you were able to catch that show or not, but don't you also think that this could signal that Kansas City's maybe going to change their defense a bit this year and moving forward
0: um i'm not sure you know i if if they are planning on using him as an inside guy in the nickel absolutely yeah um I'm curious, you know, people talk about Bob Sutton doesn't change things around much, but if you look back at what the defense looked like in 2014 versus what it looked like last year, he changes things around a great deal, depending on the personnel that he thinks he's going to have available to start the year. He also makes adjustments during the year. It's mid game where he'll drive you nuts. Right. And so I do think it's going to look different this year. I think we've heard Alan Bailey talk a lot more about attacking instead of having to sit there and think, Mm -hmm. um, you know those were great quotes and some of the quotes Xavier Williams gave about talking to Bob Sutton and 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 Britt Reed and hearing that it's going to be an attacking defense so i I look at that as okay maybe maybe we'll see a little more aggressive look on these nickel sets because I mean honestly the guys they had weren't getting it done outside of Chris Jones and Justin Houston
2: so real quick you mentioned a guy in Alan Bailey. do you think that it's possible that with the additions of naughty and Uh, speaks that Bailey becomes expendable?
0: You know, it's going to be interesting to watch. Bailey, unfortunately, I mean, he's perfectly competent, but he doesn't bring you that little extra. Every now and then he'll have a snap where you're like, holy crap, where's that been? And what I'm curious about is what happens if they really are shifting to more of an attack-based defense because then Bailey's got good athleticism for a dude his size. You could maybe see him, his lack of lower Body strength won't hurt him as much if he's not trying to two-gap. And so it just all depends. But I do think Speaks flashed enough ability as an interior rusher that that could make it interesting.
1: Well, let's take a look at the next guy. I know you said you did a piece on Naughty. Everybody should check that out as well. But you know, for me, he's, he's a two-down guy that's going to help against the run. I'm interested to see both your impressions of Dorian O'Daniel and if he really is the guy that I think he is well it depends on what you
0: think he is i like him i uh i watch i've watched him a little i haven't written on him yet he's the guy i'm most excited i think to write about mm-hmm. um he uh he's got some serious athleticism and he plays mean he hits hard he wraps up he uh is got like I said, good athleticism. He's listed as a linebacker and they're saying he'll be in the linebacker room, but it's pretty easy to imagine him in kind of that hybrid safety kind of role that we've seen in the past. And if that's what they're looking to do, I got to tell you, I think Daniel Sorensen better watch out because this guy looks faster. Well, he, he, you know, he looks he looks like a bigger, faster meaner than <laughs> the way he hits. I mean he just he lays people out man and I just I think he could bring some much needed physicality to the defense that Eric is hopefully going to bring back but this guy could help with that too make make ball carriers afraid a little bit again you know what I mean So we do agree <laughs> Nice we're two we're two for two Um but yeah I, I'm excited two about him the Yes go. that's us That's us. It's so rare, Ryan, and I agree so completely on things. But he's the guy that I think I I could see, yeah, I could see, (laughs) despite this being kind of like that unsexy draft, you know, where there weren't a lot of stars taken, I can legitimately see uh, O'Daniel, Naughty, uh, Speaks, wow, (laughs) and Watts all seen the field in year one and seeing the field a substantial amount of the time.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And Chris, I I know we talked about the other day and I can't remember where you felt about it, but in terms of a guy who might have a chance at a starting role, I think the fourth round pick is the guy that's got the best shot.
2: Uh, I would say it's between him and naughty. I think that naughty really has an opportunity to possibly be the starting nose tackle. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's possible that, it's possible that Williams is going to surprise me, but it just it wouldn't surprise me if Nadi is going to be their feature there. Uh, right. And I think Xavier Williams could be a fantastic pick uh, up long term if they decide to bring him back, because I think he is going to be or he could be a great rotational player. Because you're going to mm-hmm. need more beef than just that one guy, for sure. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But I, I definitely think that their fourth round pick is. I mean, it's a possibility he can become a starter, but I would think that Naughty has a pretty good chance too. That guy's a
0: brick wall. He's a brick wall. Well,
2: And and you said what I – I actually echo what you and Ryan both said about Sorensen. I think that this pick is an anti-Daniel Sorensen type pick. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you look at what Veach said on draft night about attitude and you can't allow players – you can't allow a team to drive nine minutes on you. I think Mm -hmm. with these additions, there's no way that happens against a team like Tennessee. I don't care how good Tennessee's offensive line is or running game. I, uh, I can. I agree.
0: I agree, especially when you to, add
2: in William.
0: Defense. Well, right. yeah,
2: and, and then you throw in a guy, and I know we're talking about draft picks, but I want to throw this in real quick. You throw in a guy like um, Elliot Barry, who is mm-hmm. an undrafted free agent that they picked up. I'm really not sure Daniel Sorensen is going to have a spot because if Barry can show anything that Sorensen did,
0: uh, good luck keeping both of them.
1: Right. Family tradition.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help Sorensen that his contract is oddly large for his right. role and That's level it. of play.
1: <laughs> well, let's take a quick break, and then there's one more spot that we can talk about.
0: And here's the other thing. I mean, there are still some good players out there in free agency. Now we'll see, you know, now that the draft has ended. I mean, these a lot of these guys have to be looking for one-year deals. They could really raise the talent on the defense if they, you know, if they moved on from Sorensen and then signed another guy to a one-year prove-it deal. You know what I mean? And so there's there's opportunity to be had there. But I really, for as much as, again, it wasn't a sexy draft, I feel better about the defense now than I did. They've been very selective. They haven't been as crazy as I would have been to try to overhaul it. But at the end of the day, they are throwing new bodies at the defense in the form of Williams, Hitchens, Fuller, Emerson and now these four kind of main draft picks that you think might have a shot to see the field. Uh, and so there's it could be kind of and interesting.
2: I, I get that you haven't had time to look at the corner and there's going to be a yes. lot of processing there, but I have to ask the question. How funny is it to you that they
0: drafted the son of Raiders GM, uh, Reggie McKenzie? <laughs> I, I saw the picture of, you know, when he got drafted and his oh, family. Did you, did you. Yeah,
2: but did you see his legs? Have you seen a picture of him? That dude like, is, in his
0: playing gear. He is. He's stout. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. This is kind of a new thing to do, but I think it might work out. Um, but yeah, the, the corner from what is it? Central Arkansas. I've heard yep. good things I've heard good things about him. That he was his job was to be on an island and he did well with it. So I'm excited about him too. The whole class overall, I could see us looking back on this class in a few years and saying, Oh, okay, okay, this helped take the defense back up to what we needed.
2: Well, and the one thing that I will say is that granted Andy Reid just mentioned the one that the ones that Veach has hit on. But Andy Reid specifically mentioned uh, five or six or seven different great players that Veach has really gotten almost to where it seems like he's in love with the player, and it seems like he has hit on some very good players. Absolutely. Uh, Now, whether or not that is all of the players, probably not. But Mm -hmm. I think his track record gives him the
1: opportunity to have this kind of draft, and we'll see where it goes. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks for being with us, Seth. Really appreciate it. Oh, hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really a big congratulations to Seth. Uh, looks like we'll be able to talk to him a little bit more often, so make sure you check him out over at The Athletic. Uh, you can find links and stuff and all of his timeline and ours as well. So Thank you all for listening to us today. We're going to be back tomorrow with this trade that happened late on Wednesday, uh, and we'll give you some reaction to that and what it may mean. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.
3: When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in.